podcast. I spoke to you live. Uh, tremendous guest uh, today with us, Tom Perrin, a former basketball coach at the University of Virginia. Uh, going back with a little background on Tom, I got a call from my coaching friend, Brendan Malone, with the Pistons uh, back in June when I'm in Charlottesville, Virginia. And he says, you need to meet this fellow that helps us out. And I said, sure. We get together while we're there, have them speak to our class of 20 NBA players that want to be coaches someday, and the rest is kind of history. We formed a terrific relationship, and I felt it really was important that Tom agreed to share with us today some of his ideas about coaching. So if you're coaching at the high school, college, or professional level, you'll find this incredibly fascinating because I love, as a sports psychologist, I love where he's coming from. So sit back. Listen and enjoy to a wonderful authority and expert on coaching, Tom Perrin. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. It's great to be here, Brendan. Well, you know, I, I went back to June because I think, you know, the, the great thing about relationships and the people we meet on our journey through coaching is many times unexpected by chance or opportunity. And, uh, you know, not to get too spiritual, but there's a reason that you came into my life that week uh, where I'm there to teach coaching to a group of the finest players in the world. And then you're sitting there right in Charlottesville and right there uh, it happens. So tell me a little bit about, you know, a quick background of how you got into coaching and where you got to now. Well, I, I played basketball at the University of Vermont for, for four years uh, in the um, uh, late 1970s. And uh, coming out of Vermont with a degree in history and not quite frankly really knowing what I wanted to do vocationally, I decided to, to stay on and, and, and begin coaching at Vermont and go ahead and get a master's degree while I was there. So that that really kick-started my coaching career, although I will admit, uh, as probably many coaches would that as I embarked on on coaching I wasn't quite sure where it was going you know what I mean <laughs> after a few years there um, I really felt the impulse to uh, quite frankly uh, get out of Burlington where I had been for 11 or 12 years and embark on something new I wanted to keep coaching I'd also generated an interest in in sports psychology and really the mental aspects of performance. And so I looked into some graduate programs, and, and, and one being the University of Virginia, where at the time, uh, teaching the sports psychology program there was Dr. Bob Rotella. And, and right. Dr. Bob Rotella, who's very famous, particularly in the world of golf, um, is from Vermont. He's from Rutland, Vermont. I so, did not know that. that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He played at uh, St. Joseph's uh, uh, basketball, lacrosse, and what have you. So so there was a connect there, a connection there. And um, uh, and I decided uh, to move down to Charlottesville with my wife um, to both coach basketball and begin a, a Ph.D. program in sports psychology simultaneously. That was in 1982-1983. And um, it just so happened uh, that at the time, UVA, uh, heading into the 82-83 season with Ralph Sampson as a senior, uh, was the number one ranked team in the country at that point. Um, yep. Of course, that would be the year that Jim Valvano would win the national championship in the spring of that year, 1983. But um, so, so that that started me uh, on a process of both 
coaching and, and then pursuing the, the, the education in sports psychology, which um, then went on for a period of, you know, 15 years. I finished a degree in, in sports psychology in a period of, you know, four or five years, but uh, continued to coach there uh, for 15 years. Um, at that point, uh, uh, did some scouting for the Pacers, uh, Indiana Pacers, after leaving Virginia, uh, and then got out of uh, coaching, uh, quite frankly, because my family wanted to stay in, in, in uh, Charlottesville, where we raised our mm-hmm. two young daughters, and it was a question of, you know, whether we pursue coaching and leave Charlottesville or sort of grow up in Charlottesville. And, and so at that point, I have embarked on, on management consulting. I have, a, you know, 20 probably clients in various business entities. Um, but I also do a lot of work in sports psychology and uh, uh, have been for, you know, ongoing for 35 years now. Uh, some of that now, because I'm in Charlottesville, involves working with the, uh, Tony Bennett and, and his team. Um, but it also has included the, the last two years working with uh, the Detroit Pistons in the NBA. Uh, Stan Van Gundy, who is, the, of course, the head coach at Detroit, Stan and I actually started our coaching careers together at the University of Vermont back in 1980-82. So as I mentioned, when I started my coaching career after playing at Vermont, I had been there one year coaching when Stan arrived, uh, coming from Brockport State College in New York where he played for his dad. And so we spent a couple of years together before I left for Virginia, and he embarked on his various journey uh, to finally end up in Detroit, you know, by way of Miami and Orlando and everything else. So, so that's where we are today. Well, you know, uh, you know, one of the things that I love the story, and I think that's a key part of coaching is their stories and the stories that have to be told. Uh, but the work that you're doing now uh, is what I think the essence to the, you know, the listeners that are on there that listen to our podcast. We have a lot of business leaders. We have a lot of men and women coaches in all sports, not just basketball. And one of the things I've tried to emphasize over the last several years is that every one of us in coaching need a coach. I think it is so misunderstood that we think we're the authority. I have probably five or six people that coach me. That's how complex and messed up I am. I need that much help. So I I, I appreciate good coaching. I'm very coachable. And now you've come into that field. And I think, how have you been received by, I mean, Tony Bennett's one of my dear friends and what an amazing coach. Stan is also one of my best friends. So it's so ironic that two of my neatest friends and, you know, people that I enjoy and look up to have you as their coach. Well, it's a, it's an Unusual set of circumstances, right? I mean, who, who, who could write it? Who could script it, right? Uh, if you go back, yeah. you know, uh, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, who could know what's coming? But um, um, I mean, it, it does speak to the importance of relationship in, in life, you know, for yeah. all of us. And, and, and some of that uh, it, it can be very intentionally built and developed. And, and quite frankly, some of it is, is probably more chance and happenstance, you know? I mean, uh, if you were to go back to 1980, 81, you know, at the University of Vermont in Burlington, um, you know, coming out of the decade of the 70s, you know, who who could understand what it would mean for, you know, for Stan and I to both be there together at the same time and what that would mean later, exactly, you know. Isn't that amazing? Um, to your point well, about me... coaching, I would just say this, uh, Brendan, you know, we're all limited by our own limitations, right? And And so we all have strengths, we have limitations as people, 
you know, as coaches, as people, people in the business world. Um, but, but we are limited by our own ability to see ourselves. And so that becomes the, the critical need for us to have a, a perspective from someone who's sort of outside of ourselves uh, that can, you know, provide insight into to what's going on with us. Of course, we're not, we're not in any way discounting our own sense of how we're doing and what we need. We're simply enriching our perspective of ourselves by getting multiple perspectives, if you will, you know. Yeah, now you've worked with the U.S. men's uh, national team, you know, uh, you know, back with an Olympic experience. So, yeah, so, you know, you've worked there. uh, So you have, you know, it's not just that you're just a basketball guy. You know, you're, you know, a multi-sport person. Uh, But let me ask you this. What have you found to be a common link in what is coaching? Well, I I think – you know what what I would say perhaps to our listeners, uh, and I'm sure we have people at different places in uh, you know in their journey of 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 coaching, if you will, from you know uh, perhaps considering at this point or having done it uh, um, for a while. Um, uh, you know I think it's critical to to raise the question, you know, do I want to coach? Should I coach? Uh, by really getting at what do I think coaching is and, and why is it that I want to coach. Um, we can make assumptions about this. You know, many people, um, depending on where they are in their life, will, will simply jump into what's next or continue on a certain track because that's where they are, right? If you happen to be in the world of athletics, maybe you've been playing and the next logical step would be to coach, right? Um, there's nothing wrong with this, but, 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 but I think it's critical when you think about coaching and, and the, the, the impact, the significance of the coaching role on, on the people being coached, everything from youth sport to high school to college to professional, that, that we embark on this journey for the right reasons. And, yes. and, and I would no way, in no way sit here today and suggest that, that someone is not doing that. But, that but, but the question of, you know, why we do it, what do we think coaching is and, and what is my place in that really should be thought about with great reflection and introspection and consideration uh, and not be taken for granted. And, and, and my point would be, you know, just sometimes we can be swept along by the tide of, of where we're going and, and we jump into something and, and we really don't stop to really think about, okay, well, what is it that I'm in, embarking on here? How do I, how do I view this and, and, and what's really driving me? I mean, the motives behind our, our decisions are critical. Uh, certainly, you know, as, as important as coaching is to you, um, when, when we think about the, the impact that we can potentially have on, on those being coached, that we're in it for the right reasons, you know. And, and my point would be I would never take this for granted. I think it's something to be, to be thought about, to be considered. Um, you know, why, why really do I want to do this and what is coaching, you know. Yeah, I, I loved, you know, when we spoke back in June, I loved when you said uh, that, you know, pro- providing experience for others, for someone else, that coaching isn't about many coaches I have seen, old model, coaching for them was all about them. They were the star. And but you're saying something totally different, correct? Yeah, yeah. My and, and, and you've just articulated sort of my definition of coaching in a very general sense. That you know, what is coaching? Coaching is providing an experience for others, for someone else. Um, it, it really has two parts to it. I mean, th- there's no question that probably what first comes to mind is the is the tangible outcome involved. I mean, 
you know, we're trying to win, right? I mean, I, you know, I, I coached ACC basketball 15 years. I can tell you winning mattered in the ACC. It's, it's not a, a sport where people are not noticing how you're doing, right? But at the same time, there's also uh, should be a developmental component to coaching, right? I think all of us would sort of logically, rationally agree that, that there should be a, a, an aspect to it that is developmental in regard to the, the people we are coaching. In other words, are, are we making them better people? Uh, and, and not just better basketball players. An interesting conversation, you know, last summer. It was right about the time that you and I met at the camp. It was with yeah. Tony Bennett. It just happened to be uh, timely in the sense that I, I was on the phone with Tony. He was heading into a summer orientation weekend when he was going to be having the, the parents of all of his incoming first-year uh, players at his house. And he made the comment to me, and, and I remember it so clearly because it simply because of uh, its alignment with with my speaking at your camp. And he said, you know, these parents not only expect me to make their sons better players, they expect me to make them better men and and, and better individuals. Uh, And and Tony gets this, right? And we we know that about Tony. Very much, Um, yeah. But but, but this, this, it really speaks to this sort of aspect of, Okay, we we certainly are about about winning, and we're about in, improving our ability and capability as as performers, right, as players, and whatever the sport might be. But there's also an aspect to developing people as better people that I think is critical. And um, you know, again, I come back to the whole idea that you know, logically, rationally, we can sit in you know sit in our homes, in our offices, and what have you, and, and understand that. I think there still is the question though of what actually happens and are we actually doing that and does it actually play out? That's a very different question. I mean, it's one thing to yeah. sort of think about it logically and rationally and understand it. It's another thing to actually do it, you think. So. Now, now you know, when, when we spoke this summer, I, I, I really, you know, you opened my eyes uh, because I love the simplicity in this uh, when you said, that a useful distinction needs to be made. Are you either, are you going to get something out of coaching or are you going to give something? Please explain. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a very useful, simple distinction that can be helpful to people as they evaluate their own motives, right? And, and, and we're talking about coaching here today, but quite frankly, it, 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 it could be, it could be a lot of other things as well. And that is, sure. are, are you, are you entering into it? Are you embarking on it? in order to get something, quote-unquote, or to give something? Is it about getting or is it about giving for you? Now, the reality, as we know, for, for all of us, I mean, we don't do anything that doesn't involve some return to us, right? We're, we're receiving something in whatever we do or we wouldn't do it. That, that, that What we're receiving, of course, could be something like the enjoyment of it. It could be the satisfaction. Um, it, 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 I mean, even by giving to others, we're going to be receiving. We know this, of course. But, mm-hmm. but, but I make this distinction because it, it helps us to really, I think, it can be useful to help us clarify, okay, what really are the fundamental motives for me as I enter into coaching? And is it, am, I, am I trying to, to, to create an experience for others and, and give back to others, uh, or is it something that I'm after myself? You know, and, and, and this would be too simple, you know, to, to, to go too far with this. But, you know, if you hear something like, um, uh, well, it will keep me in the game. It seems like the logical next step in my career. Uh, it's an opportunity for me to dot, dot, dot. 
Well, you know, nothing wrong per se with that, okay? But but it's very different from from say, you know, I want to give back, uh, I want to help others, uh, I, I want to uh, potentially, you know, help others have the type of experience that I had. Um, very very different. Uh, so that distinction between, I think, giving and getting can, can be very useful to people as they try to make sense out of uh, a decision like this. I, you know, I, I love that, and I think it's really critical. To, the purpose is, I think, huge in everything. Uh, one of the other things that I really enjoyed, uh, you know, about, you know, what you talked about uh, is, you know, we talked about the why of coaching and that it's really more a privilege to coach, but I think it's it's really the the title of leader, parent, coach. I've always said it's the same. It's all. It's never should be about you. It should be about if you're a business leader, the people that work for you, the company you work for. As a parent, it's certainly not about you and your wife. It's about the children, and about as a coach shouldn't really be about you, it's about your players and about the school, et cetera, you know, the team. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, couldn't agree more. I mean, you, you know, very much about leadership, right? And, and so much is written about mm-hmm. leadership and, and so much sure. really good stuff and, and, and all of the roles and, and, and positions that you just referred to are, are very much, uh, you know, at the heart of, of, of leadership and what it means to be a leader uh, in different forms, right? We don't, we don't often, you know, think of sort of parenting as, as quote-unquote classic leadership, but, but it very much is, you know. Um, but, but the point here uh, that I would make is that um, this is very much about responsibility. I mean, there's responsibility okay. here, and coaching is not an entitlement. You know, it's really a privilege, and, and – um, uh, and, 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 you know, to, to the point that you made, uh, I think that I talked about this summer, it, it, fundamentally it's not about you, i.e. being the coach. It, it's really about, uh, you know, the athlete and the athletes and, and the experience you're providing for them. Um, but and, and so, again, I mean, uh, you know, I, I would say, quite frankly, it, it, at core – what we're talking about here today, and again, coaching is sort of the, the frame around this, but there could be other contexts, if you will, from the business world to, to parenting. Um, I mean, at, at core, it's really very much about character and intent. It's, it's really, in many ways, it's, it's, it's more an identity issue and question than it is simply a vocational one, right? I mean, if one is simply operating at the vocational level about, you know, I, for example, I, I need a job and then trying to figure out what next to do with my life, uh, uh, th- that's okay. And quite frankly, you know, that's often where we, we find many of us in our 20s, right? Um, but, but what we're talking about here is something deeper than that and more significant than that. And that really speaks to the level of, of, of character and intent and one's values and, and really one's identity. In other words, who are you and what are you about? You know, you work with an awful and have worked over the years that you've been doing this with all kinds of coaches. And one of the things that we see with coaches, whether we watch uh, football games on TV in the weekend or all the basketball games that are now being played, one of the things that every coach has their own style. Now, how when you're working with a coach that has a style totally the opposite, Tom, of maybe the way you would manage your players and so how do you work with a coach like that as far as how do you coach them well you have to um 
in a really uh, interesting point that you brought up, and, and quite frankly, in many times, a very challenging issue to deal with uh, if you're in a, a kind of sports psychology role, if you will, um, because mm-hmm. because the reality is, you know, people who they are who they are, and, 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 and people are going to continue to be who they are, right? You know, I often get asked the question in, in my work because uh, as a consultant, you know, do you think people change? And, and I, I don't fundamentally think people change. I think people can can adapt themselves to context. I think people can flex themselves and make adjustments in their behavior, but I don't think at core people fundamentally change. And so, you know, if, if you're if you're working with someone who might in, in style be very different than you, um, you know, uh, it's incumbent to to for you to flex to accommodate them, right? As you as you in turn try to help them flex to accommodate their situation, their context, right? But but of course. In the role that we're talking about here, if we're, if we're say, you know, one is a, a sports psychologist, uh, whatever that term might mean, right, to, to different people, yes. working with a coach whose whose style is very different, I mean, it, it is incumbent upon you and your role being a, a kind of support role to work with them uh, and who they are in the context they're dealing with, right? I mean, you're, what you're not doing fundamentally is saying, okay, you need to change who you are. <laughs> one, it's not going to yeah. happen. Two, it's really, you know, you're probably not going to be around very long. Right. So 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 the key yeah. is, you know, what are the strengths of that person, given who they are? What are the limitations? Uh, how can we adjust and adapt perhaps those limitations, how we can short circuit those, uh, circumvent those in order to be successful? Because the goal, you know, the, the outcome is always to be successful. And if we kick back to where we were, say, 30 minutes ago, uh, I, I would in a, in a general sense, because we we only have so much time here, would be success is a combination of of achieving the outcome that we're trying to get, you know, perhaps i.e. winning, right? Uh, but at the same time, are we also developing developing our people simultaneously, right? Not either or, but simultaneously. I had a challenge years ago when I was working with a unbelievably uber-successful coach at the collegiate level, and his style was authoritarian, very abusive, almost abrasive to the players, media, because he was so successful, he felt he had a license to be that way. And we see that many times. I don't mean to label uh, a sport, but in football sometimes you see that, uh, where that mm-hmm. guy is my way, the highway type of guy. And uh, all of a sudden, I, in working with the coach, and the coach was a great coach, and he really wanted to be better. I asked him one way, one day, just by chance, I didn't have it written down or didn't have it in a presentation on the PowerPoint. I just said, how do you think it feels to be coached by you? And he looked at me, and he broke down into tears. And that's said, a great question. I, never, I, I mean, that's a very, said, you know, that's not a question people are, are, are faced with every day, right? And, and it turns no. one inward, right? turns one inward. And, he said, and, I, never, and, you I know, never thought of it. <laughs> yeah. And a lot because, you know, the, the, what's interesting about that, Brendan, is the fact that, you know, coaching is, is often very outward focused, right? I mean, it, yeah. you, you, have, you have people that you're leading and directing and guiding and coaching, et cetera. It, it, it's very directed toward them. Um, the vulnerability, of course, it can be at them, on them, to them, right, as opposed to with them. Um, yeah. But, but it's, very, it's very external and very outward focused. And, and so the challenge can be, uh, and we're, we're, quite frankly, we're speaking about it today here, to to uh, go go inward, to turn inward, to look inward. First of all, to raise questions around, 
you know, is this something for me? Should I do this? Do I want to do this? Why do I want to do this? What is it that I'm really getting into here? What do I, what do I believe about that? But, but then also, as one goes, to, to periodically revisit that. You see, what I would say today to, to our listeners is that the questions we're raising today that, that we think are so important for, for one yes. as, they, as they consider embarking on a, a journey of coaching perhaps, perhaps a, perhaps a lifetime of coaching, or it could even be something more short-term than that. But, that, but that one has to revisit these kinds of questions in an ongoing way. You know, this past summer I spoke to a, a group of coaches down at Roanoke College in, in Salem, Virginia, wonderful little Division three school. And, and, and this was, of course, their kickoff meeting to the season, right? All the head coaches were there. And, and, and part of what I, I said to them to start off with is I said, really the first place to, to begin a new year is with you looking at you. Uh, I mean, your, your expectation as coaches is going to be that you expect your players, your athletes, to come back to a new year ready, right? You expect that every single day. They're going to be ready. They're going to bring it. Well, what I would say to you, this is what I was saying to them, of course, is that the same thing should be asked of you. In other words, where are, where are you uh, as we kick off a new year? What, what is your commitment and in your, in, in your motivation and how is your energy, and et cetera? And, and this should not be taken for granted, you know, that, that we as coaches um, need to periodically sort of self-check, right, and reevaluate where are we and not make assumptions that because we're the coach, quote-unquote, that we automatically are there ready. Because peop- cause coaches are people too, <laughs> right? And, and coaches change, you know? And, and, and so uh, I think it's critical not to make assumptions about where I am as a coach, uh, you know, as I continue to, to, to go forward in my career, you know? I, I think many, many times what I've seen, in, uh, you know, because this is my, you know, my, my life, uh, working with coaches and one of the things I've observed in all sports is coaches don't change much uh, and so I think we need to just I am a huge fan of technology love it don't know what the hell I'm doing with it but I just love it but I love how it keeps evolving and that's what I want to do as a coach I don't want to be the same coach I was back uh, when we won back-to-back championships with the business. I'm way better now as a coach uh, because I'm into continuous learning and growth. And that's what I ask every coach that we talk to each year is uh, ask yourself questions like you're talking about, Tom, so that you can grow and develop. You're, you should be in a, a position, uh, like my friends at Nike say, that uh, when they invent the next greatest product, uh, that just captures the world. Everyone buys it. Uh, they all high five each other in the boardroom. And then, you know, Phil Knight says, there's no finish line. There's no finish well, this line. Well, this is a characterological question at it, it, it core. It's really yeah. a question of sort of character. What I mean by that is, you know, uh, people of and, and everybody has character, right? You, you, sure. uh, 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 character is a big part of the work I do, and it's funny because if, if you listen to people talk about character, sometimes you'll hear people talk as if people don't have character or they do have character. Well, of course, everybody has character. It's only a question of what is it. But but the point I'm getting to is, where, where you have character and, and, and you have high character, you, you're going to have an individual who is continually uh, looking to to improve, to get better, to to you know what are the adjustments that I have to make to be more effective in doing what it is that I do. And, and, and this would be in any context. Of course, we're talking about coaching, but, you know, I see it in the business world all sure. the time. And, and, and so that, that character really is at the core of the very thing you're talking about, 
which is a, a, a drive to continually improve myself um, in, in order to provide an even better experience, right? Uh, I will tell you, you know, low character typically will not do that. I mean, low character uh, will will tend to be more status quo, um, and, and and you know it won't be about again. It gets back to this fundamental distinction of is it about is it about me or is it about them, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, if where you find you know a dubious character, right, intent and, and values, it, it, it's more about me. It's more me centric, right? And and so that in that by definition is not a person who's going to be looking for how do I improve me in order to better provide for them? Yeah. Right? That's the fundamental thing going on here. And, and, you know, I would just say that, you know, I think, you know, you know this from your years of working with coaches, and I know it from 35 years of working with coaches as well. I mean, you know, the best coaches, they have this. You know, they have this. You know, when you – yeah, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, I think that I've found, you know, whether it be – working with men's teams or women's teams. Uh, very different, actually. And uh, my a lot of my women coaches that I work with at Coaching You, uh, as a generality, they're struggling now because their players want more from the woman coach. And that sounds funny. And it's not, it has nothing to do with X's and O's. has nothing to do. Uh, they want more love. And... I think that is now one of the most critical things that I tell coaches. You must unconditionally love your players. That doesn't mean you agree with everything they do, but they're like your children. And I think that is when you provide that love for a player, because every player is different, you now walk into a whole different level of coaching. Well, fundamentally, coaching is about relationship, right? I mean, it, right. Oh, at, totally. at heart, it is a relationship. And, 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 you know, by definition, a relationship is, is, is something that we have uh, between us and among us, and, and it's dynamic, and it's ongoing, and it's, it's giving and receiving. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not simply telling, right? It's not simply I tell and you do kind of thing. And, and you know, the, the, the relationship aspect that you're talking about, uh, I, I would agree 100% with what you're saying. I mean, over, over 35 years of working with coaches from the youth sport to the professional level, the you know the the X's and the O's and the technical and strategical aspects of the game really tend not to be the issue. I mean, I, I've been in many situations where, you know, in all frankness, uh, you know, there's probably more information than's required to, to to be successful from a purely technical standpoint. The challenge yeah. is really around the relationship, and whether relationships are are existent there in a true, real sense or not. Um, and, and, and this is a, you know, this is a very challenging issue. It's one probably you and I could spend the rest of the day talking about because, yeah. you know, then this raises questions about, well, you know, how do you develop that uh, in, in light of the pressures and the challenges and sustain those? But, 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 but it is at the core. Um, I think you probably would agree. I mean, you're, you're not going to get an, an individual athlete in any sport to, to be their very best, right, or, or a team to, to, to optimize a team unless at core you have a, a very fundamental, profound uh, relationship with that individual, with that team, um, where, the, where there's trust, you know, and, and there's real faith and belief in, in who we are uh, and what we're doing together, you know. So, and, uh, you know, I, I, I look at the most successful coaches. I try to study them, and I look at Pete Carroll, 
you know, and uh, at Seattle Seahawks. And and he's had different struggles along the way, but when he finally got to SC, he finally said he became who he was because he just wanted to love the players, be positive with them. And it was all about the players. Then when he went to the Seahawks, the first thing he did was hire Michael Gervais, the great mental skills coach, and that was his first hire. And all he did was focus on relationships with his guys. He wanted them to come in, and as the NFL has a very long work day, you know, six, eight hours, at, you know, where the players are at their facility. He wanted them to look forward to coming there every day as not like I have to go to work. I can't wait to be there. And I think he set that culture up, and I think it's really been very, very long-sustained culture uh, to be able to do that. How has Stan tried to do similar stuff with the Pistons? Sam Van Gundy, I mean. Well, this is something Stan has worked very hard at, and, and it, it is yeah. working hard at, because Stan is a very technically minded, strategic, tactical coach, and, and a very good one. I mean, uh, yes. I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever been around anyone uh, at any level who's as complete and thorough as Stan is from the standpoint of his of his expertise relative to the game. And the challenge around it for Stan has been the relationship, and it's something he's working very hard at and continues to. And so, because, uh, you know, we're, we're, while we talk about Stan here, we're talking about really a broader issue, and that is if, 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 one, if for someone this was not a natural occurrence, as even we're talking about with Pete Carroll, right? I mean, Pete Carroll, sure. What you're really saying with Pete Carroll is that, is that he, he learned how to do it. And this is, this would be my point, right, to our listeners, is that is, okay, one, one again has to take stock of themselves. And, and if this is not a, a natural impulse and a natural inclination on my part, which, which, you know, one could take a look at that and get a sense of that and get some help with that, then one can do it consciously and deliberately and intentionally, right? These are, this is how people make adaptations in their lives, whether it be the world of work or the world of sport or coaching is people can make an adjustment in what they do by being very deliberate about it, by being very conscious about it, by attending to it. Because, you know, we have, we're very habitual people, as you know, and if we go on autopilot, we continue to get what we get. So if there's, a, if there's an element to our, uh, what we're doing that we're not doing well, we have to make it very conscious. And, and this can be done, right? It's probably more complex than we're talking about here today. But, you know, for example, this, will, this is very simple, but this will make a point. You know, you, you actually go ahead and schedule and structure time with people with people, right? You set up meetings and stuff, right? Well, that seems fairly obvious, right? But, but, but the point is, it, it's more than just having meetings with people. What it is is about structuring the interaction and the communication and time together because the possibility is it won't happen if you leave it to chance, you see? It, it doesn't happen naturally, you see? Um, you know, the, the, um, if, if as a coach, you know, we get perceived to be a boss, you know, we're going to have problems, right? I mean, you know, we, all, we all know what it means, right? We've all been in the world of work for a number of years, and we all know what it's like to have a boss as opposed to a coach, right, uh, or a leader who's a mentor. And, and, and there's a vulnerability in that because once it becomes that, if it becomes that, um, it's very difficult to optimize people individually and collectively, right? Because 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 you're not going to get someone to your point, you know, five minutes ago, who's really looking forward to coming every day and to getting better, with the belief that you're going to help me to, to get better, and I can trust in that, right? Uh, no, it, it's going to be felt to be more as a kind of top-down uh, tell kind of experience, right? Uh, you say and I do, and, and that never optimizes people, never. 
question for you regarding uh, you understand completely, uh, just like your two daughters, I guarantee you, having never had the pleasure of meeting them, they are not the same as my two children are not the same. Uh, exactly. If you have 15 players on a team in basketball, 14, uh, 85 football players on the college football team, every one of them is different. How does this man, the head coach or the assistant coaches, coach all these different type of people? What are your recommendations? No, well, very challenging, very challenging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it, it, it needs, uh, it requires getting some help with it, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. it really is, 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 you know, somewhat almost insane to be thinking about a sort of a head football coach, maybe with a hundred players at the college level, being able to sort of, sure. you know, relate and connect to all of these people, right? So, so, sure. in, in a general sense, I would say number one, it speaks to again a really good understanding of what is my natural tendency and inclination. Is it to, to reach out and to extend myself and to build relationships or not? Okay. And, and that's really a relative question, not a categorical one, right? I mean, how, how good am I at doing that? Because if hypothetically that's a strength of mine and I do it very naturally, I'm going to be touching a lot more people. You see, if not, then, then, then it's going to raise some questions around, you know, can I, can I build the relationships I need? So we need to take stock of that, right? Secondly, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, if, if I don't, I'm going to have to make a very conscious, intentional, deliberate, uh, I'm going to have to take a very conscious, intentional, deliberate approach to it. Uh, by by uh, reminding myself each and every day, by scheduling time with people, by making time for that. You see, the, the, the vulnerability is with a person, say say a coach, for example, who is very technically, technically, strategically uh, oriented. What you'll find is, quite frankly, that that will fill up all of their time, and there'll be very little left for 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 people in relationship. It's what people do, right? We we gravitate to where we're comfortable, right? We gravitate to what we enjoy. So, so we'll have, we'd have to create the space for that, right? We'd have to clear the space for that to have time for that. I mean, you, you, you can't do relationship as kind of a drive-by experience, right? You kind of bump and run, right? Bump into someone, I say hello, goodbye, and think that's a relationship. It's never going to happen, you see. But the third component, I think, would be that, that we're going to have to get help with that. And so, you know, depending on the size of the team, and I would say even quite frankly with an NBA team of, you know, 15 to 18 players around, you've got to have help in the form of assistant coaches, perhaps, perhaps someone like a sports psychologist, I mean, and really the whole organization needs to be wired for what we're talking about here, right? This, what we're talking about here today can never work if we think of this as sort of it is one person's job to do this, right? Um, you know, because nobody has a team of, of two or three people, right? I mean, sure. minimally, you know, basketball is, is sort of, you know, in many ways one of the smaller number of teams when, when you think of 15 or 12 or whatever it might be, you know, even at the high school sure. or college level, you see? Uh, but even that, if you think about what we're talking about here with people and really the substantive time required to interact and engage, uh, you, you know, one can't do it alone. And so the, the, key, the key sort of systemically is, is, you know, is it a team approach to this? Because um, the head coach, quite frankly, can do, can do a lot better at what we're talking about here, even if it's a, not a natural inclination, if they're being supported by those around them. Right. Others are picking up the slack and, and, and filling the head coach in on what needs to be done. And I think you need to talk to so and so and et cetera, et cetera. It can really work that way. It's, it's hard to do it, you know, all by oneself, if you will. No, that's that's fantastic, Tom. 
the time uh, flies when every time we visit, uh, and, and I think for the listeners that we have, the coaches from all different levels, all different sports, you have given them something to think about, and I think uh, what what you've provided for them is a great blueprint. Uh, we need to revisit in a, in a couple of months and catch up again and uh, yeah. hit part two of this because this is fabulously engaging stuff. I would just it's say the, as a final point, yeah. Brendan, um, sure. um, you know, because this is some work that I'm doing with coaches, and that is, you know, you, you, you can't be okay with them if you're not okay with you, right? You can't provide the kind of experience – that, that you want to for your athletes, for your players, for your kids, if you will, depending on the level you're at. If you're not in a good place yourself, right, that you have your own house in order, um, yeah. it, it just can't happen. This is not even, it's not even a, a sport thing or a coaching thing. Right? This is about people and about could be very much in the world of business. But, and, and so this, this really begs the question of are you in it for the right reasons to start with? Are you sustaining your own commitment and your own enjoyment uh, to what you're doing, and, and then really taking stock of who you are as a coach to know what comes natural, what doesn't, what am I good at, what am I not, and, and then finding the support you need around to, to you to support the, the areas where you're not as strong at, you see. And, and this, again, you know, the final point gets back to the, the need for us to sort of be introspective and reflective relative to ourselves. We sort of need to go internal to get this right first, not just start off with, okay, you know, what are we going to run and, um, you, know, well, you know, what offense are we going to use and what defense kind of thing, which is very external. Tom, if people want to get in, in touch with you uh, from a standpoint of uh, some college or uh, pro teams that listen and stuff, uh, you know, what's the best way to follow you or get in touch with you? Probably uh, uh, use either my, my cell phone or my email. My cell phone would be area code. Four three four nine eight one one two four nine. I live in Charlottesville, Virginia, and my email is tom perrin one four nine at gmail dot com. Um, Great. And, and right, welcome you, any feedback or, or questions or discussion at any time. Really would. Well, I think I think you're going to have a lot of uh, people that are going to reach out to you because this has been fantastic. Every time we visit, you know. Uh, you certainly stimulate my thoughts and stuff. And, uh, you're, you're, tr- I know you've helped Stan tremendously and, and Tony and, uh, as well as all of your corporate clients. So coaching is coaching. And, uh, and, and I, and I'm glad we got a chance to meet over the, now since last year and, uh, look forward to seeing you in person next June if the Pistons aren't in the finals. Okay. So Tom, <laughs> yeah, thank you so, so much, much for, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. Take care.